Is anybody out there glad that Jesus, not the world, not any person, not our enemies, has the last word? Amen? He has the last word. My fears are silenced in his love. And my hope is what? It's endless. My hope is what? Okay, you almost want to go home. My hope is? Amen. Okay, I I, I want to read a couple passages that will uh, lay the groundwork for our conversation this morning. And and please keep in mind that the words I'm about to read are literally God-breathed. They are alive and they are active. Uh, Understand, uh, these words are sharper than a double-edged sword. They penetrate even to dividing joint and marrow, soul and spirit. And God's word judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. Uh, These words are useful uh, to teach us what is true and and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Uh, They teach us to do what is right, and they thoroughly equip us for every good work. Uh, God's word is, is like the rain and the snow that comes down from the sky. God's word waters our lives, causing things to bud and to flourish. And God's word will not return void. God's word will accomplish the purpose that God has for his word today. Amen? Amen. Listen, if you ever wonder why every week I can, you know, I can be so excited and, and, and so confident and so pumpified, that's why. That's why. Because material I have comes from the living God. I'm reading words from the God who was and is and always will be, right? The God who's before all things, over all things, and holds all things together. Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. Uh, One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and started out. As they started across, Jesus settled down for a nap, right? I like that. And, and, and notice, it was Jesus' idea to go to the other side. Jesus knew they, where they were going, and he also knew what was coming. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke up Jesus, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Had to be pretty freaky. Then he asked them, where's your faith? Disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. Uh, The next two passages come from Philippians chapter 1 and chapter 4. Does anybody know where where Paul was when he wrote this letter? Uh, he, He was in a Roman prison waiting to be executed. Now, I would call that a fierce, my boat is taking on water. I'm in real danger storm. Wouldn't you? Ever been there? Are you there now? Here's what Paul writes. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, because of my hard times, because of my difficult circumstances, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. In the Philippians 4, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. 
I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. May God bless the reading of his word, and would you all join me in prayer? Um, Palms open if ready to receive from the Lord. God, we love you, and we're in all of you, and we're so grateful that you have the last word, that our enemies don't, Lord. Um, the, the, the devil doesn't even, our own view of ourselves doesn't have the last word, but you do. And we thank you for your word that endures forever, that breaks down strongholds. And so, God, I pray the day that as we look at your word, God, that you will open up our hearts and minds and, God, enable us to clear away anything the enemy is throwing in our minds and our thoughts that would distract us from receiving from your word today. And God, our hope and our confidence is not in ourselves, but it's in your word. And God, I ask that you enable me to speak your word in a way uh, that is clear and that pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today is our final week in our four-week series, Grace is Greater Than. Brothers and sisters, listen, listen. There is no greater power in all of creation than the grace of God. There is no greater power in all of creation than the grace of God. Turn to the person to your right and left and say, no greater power. Now the, now the premise for the series is that no matter what you put on the other side of the equation, grace is greater than. Amen? I understand. Whatever you put in that blank, the equation remains strong and the equation remains true. Grace is greater than. You know your line three times. We can move on. Grace is greater than. Grace is Well, why do you guys want to go home quicker than the first service did? Okay. Uh, this morning, February the 28th, the equation we're going to spend our time unpacking is grace is greater than our circumstances. Got any? Got any not-so-fun, stormy, taking on water, real dangerous circumstances in your life? Grace is greater than. And now the text I read earlier from Philippians 4, Paul makes a kind of hard-to-believe statement. I mean, imagine yourself being able to say the same thing, to believe the same thing, to live out the same thing in your circumstances. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any, in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Seriously, Paul? For real? Content, whatever the circumstances? Question, have you learned that secret yet? I mean, can we be, can we be real for a moment? Are you, am I, is the person to your right and to your left really content, whatever the circumstances? And check out this, check out the challenge, check out this command that Paul gives us, gives you, gives me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in what? In all circumstances. Why? Because that's God's will for all who belong to his son. Now, circumstances speak to the 
various situations that are happening around you. In fact, the word circumstance comes from the same root word as circumference. And, and so the idea is that, that, that we could draw this giant circle around our lives and whatever happens to be inside that circle would be defined as our circumstances. Question, what is inside your circle this morning? What are your current circumstances? And now we learn, and some of us pretty early on in life, we learn that, that a lot of what happens inside of our circum- circumference is largely out of our control. I mean, there is and has been some stuff that has come into your circle that you had little or no control over, right? And sure, we like to think that we have some control, and we do to some degree, uh, but again, there's so much we don't control. There's so many decisions that we can't make or somebody else made for us. Bottom line, there's a lot that happens within our circumstances, within our circumference that we don't get to choose. And listen, some of the stuff that we do not and did not get to choose is pretty rough, sometimes painful, and often difficult. Amen? And, and you know, I, I think Paul would say, yeah, I know. I, I, I get it. And, and then I think he would look us in the, in the eye with a gleam in his and say, nevertheless, I, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Nevertheless, I'm able to give thanks in all circumstances. And that, 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 that's difficult to do, right? That's difficult to live out uh, because we have this idea that the reason we don't give thanks, the reason we're not content is because of our circumstances. I, I mean, if our circumstances were different, if what was inside of our circle was different, then we'd be able to give thanks, then we'd be able to be joyful. Then we would be content. Bottom line, we, we think the problem is our circumstances. And so we think, you know, I, I wouldn't be so angry or I wouldn't be so disappointed or I wouldn't be so discouraged or I wouldn't be so frustrated, irritated, or depressed if my circumstances were different. Question. Ever think that way? And, and so we create this kind of if-then equation with our circumstances. Uh, uh, we say things like, if this, if this changed, if things were different inside my circumference, then, then, then I would be different. It's this if-then equation with our circumstances. I, I mean, if, if I could get the promotion at work, if, if I could meet the right person, if my wife would show some interest, if my husband would just listen and finally hear me one time, if my neighbors would move, if my health was better, if the parking lot was closer, if my parents would stop fighting, if the boss was nicer, if my coworkers were kinder, if people would stop hating on and attacking me, if my children were more obedient, if my finances were better, if my house was bigger, if my car was newer, if winter was warmer... If the, if my, and you can fill in the blank, then everything would be better, and I would be different. You know, we have all these things where if it was just different, if something would change within our circumference, within our circle, if our circumstances, if they could just be different, then we could be thankful. Then we could be joyful and content. 
Now, this is sometimes referred to as the happiness illusion, which is where we spend most of our lives thinking that our happiness is going to be determined by our circumstances. And the reason it's called an illusion is because it never works. Because there's always something inside our circle, right? There's always something inside our circle that we want to change, that we want to be different. Question, if our circumstances are are, are what determines whether or not we have a thankful and contented spirit, then how can Paul say, give thanks in all circumstances? How can he say that? I, I mean, maybe Paul was just wired a little bit more that way than we are. Or maybe... He hadn't experienced difficult circumstances in his life. Yes, yeah, one thing for somebody who lives in luxury and doesn't have a care in the world to say give thanks in all circumstances, but hey, you haven't been where I've been. You haven't gone through what I've gone through. But Maple Grove, we know that this was not Paul's story, right? I mean, last week we looked at a list where Paul lists some of his circumstances, some of the stuff that came inside of his circle from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 24 through 27. Here's what he says. Here's what's in his circumference. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits. In danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Now that's quite a list, right? I I mean, his circumstances, what happened within his circle, that, that was some pretty difficult stuff. And in Philippians 4, where, where Paul tells you and I that, you know, or he tells us that, that he's learned to be content whatever the circumstances, again, he's writing that from a prison cell in Rome waiting to be executed. Question, when Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, I mean, how does he say that? Now, maybe Paul was just one of those, you know, annoyingly optimistic people. I mean, we all know some people like that. They're just kind of lost touch with reality, and they're like happy all the time, but they're also, you know, or, or maybe Paul was, maybe I'd just been stoned one too many times, and I'm not talking about you who grew up in the 70s, right, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and he just kind of lost touch, he's lost touch with the real world, or, or maybe he's just practicing the power of positive thinking, where you tell yourself a lie long enough that you begin to believe that lie, even though you know it's not true, and maybe that's Paul. Now, some of you have studied this before, and you would point out the preposition. You would say, well, you know, Steve, that Paul doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. He doesn't say give thanks for getting beaten with rods. I mean, that's sadistic, Steve. Paul's not saying that. He's saying give thanks in all circumstances. And Okay, well, I understand that there's a difference, but come on. I mean, are we really meant to be able to give thanks in the midst of getting beaten with rods? Is he really able to give thanks while in the midst of the sea, while he's treading water for a day and a night after being shipwrecked, and it's not his first shipwreck or his second shipwreck, it's his third shipwreck? Is he still giving thanks in the middle of those circumstances? Question. So what allows him, what allows Paul to do that? What allows Paul to be joyful and content no matter what comes inside of his circumference? 
Brothers and sisters, I would say that it all comes down to, that it all rests on one thing, grace. And to the very simple equation that we're looking at this morning, that grace is greater than our circumstances. That grace is greater than our circumstances. Now, your line is going to be my circumstances, and and I want you to think about what you're going through. You may not even believe it when you're saying it, right? But it's true. Are you guys ready? Grace is greater than. Grace is greater than. Grace is greater than. Amen. I understand it. It's grace that allows us to look at whatever circumstances come our way and still have a, a spirit of thanksgiving, of contentment, and of joy. It's grace that allows that. It's grace. It's grace. It's grace. Grace is greater than. And, and hey, check this out. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where Paul, you know, he tells us, you know, he tells us to rejoice always and to give thanks in all circumstances. You know how he ends this letter, how he closes off this book to the church in Thessalonica? He says this, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. I understand the message he ends with, the emphasis that he concludes with is grace. And and Philippians where Paul tells us uh, that he's content in whatever circumstances he's going through. Do you know how he ends that letter? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And listen, it's not just these two letters. I, I did a quick survey of every letter that Paul wrote. And all, every letter except one, the book of Romans, Paul ends with the same emphasis. He ends by telling the Jesus followers in those churches to hang on to, to stand firm in, to live out from God's amazing grace. And also by asking, hey, God, could you, could you give those folks just a, a little bit more of it? Why? Because, look, a lot of what Paul says makes no sense outside of grace. I I mean, there's no way he can say, be joyful always, give thanks in all circumstances without grace. I understand, giving thanks in all circumstances, being content, no matter what comes into your circle without grace, that's just plain ridiculous. Again, grace is what allows us to be able to look at whatever circumstances we face to look at anything we experience, to look at whatever the situation we might be in and still be thankful and still be joyful because whatever those circumstances are, whatever we are experiencing circumstantially, the grace that we have received from God is so much greater. Get it? Good. Get it? Good. Now on the screen behind me is going to be a picture of of a scale. And and, and here's what I want you to do. I, I I just kind of want you to use this as a visual of what's happening in your life right now. And on one side, I want you to think through your difficult circumstances, okay? I mean, we, I mean, we saw Paul's list, right? And, and I want you to look at your list. We all got a list, right? <laughs> we all got a list of some stuff we wish weren't there. So, so just, just kind of look inside of your circumference, Look, look at some of the tough situations you're in, situations that you would change if you could. I mean, what are the difficult, painful, hurtful things that are inside of your circle right now? Okay, so are you compiling your list? 
And some of you need a little more time. <laughs> and and, and now, now, I just want you to just kind of pile all of those circumstances onto one side of the scale mentally, right? And for some of you, yeah, I know it'll take more than one trip, right? Because there's some heavy stuff you're laying on that side of the scale. And now what I want you to do is to take what we have learned about grace since January the 31st, that grace is greater than, uh, that grace is greater than our mistakes, that, that grace is, is greater than our sin and failures, that grace is greater than our hurts. It's greater than repayment. It's greater than revenge. It's greater than resentment. That grace is greater than our weaknesses. That it's greater than our infirmities. That it's greater than our inabilities. That grace is greater than our insecurities. And that grace is greater than our circumstances. I, I want you to take God's grace to you, and I want you to put it on the other side of the scale. And listen, when you do, when you do, when I do that, we will see that the scales tip dramatically under the weight of God's amazing grace. Amen? Grace is greater than our circumstances. Grace is greater than your circumstances. Grace is greater than my circumstances. And, and, and what I want to do now to, to help you, to help me, Help the person to your right and left get, embrace, live in, and live out from this equation. Grace is greater than our circumstances. Is I, I want to give you one final equation, an equation that kind of explains the how and why behind grace is greater than our circumstances. And here's the equation. Grace equals Jesus being in our circumstances, working for our good and for his glory. And we're going to break down that equation into its three parts. Uh, grace is Jesus being in our circumstances. Now understand, if you are a Jesus follower, if, if you have surrendered your life to him, you are not alone. Amen? You are not alone. Understand, Jesus is with you in your circumstances Jesus is with you and all the not-so-fun stuff that you wish was not in your circle right now. Turn to the person to your right and left and tell them you're not alone. No one ever talks to me. It's hey. Hey, I talk to myself enough anyhow, so we're good. Uh, I, I understand, like the disciples in Luke chapter 8 that we read earlier, those 12 guys in the middle of the lake, a, a fierce storm pounding them, strong winds beating against them, their small boat quickly taking on water. Brothers and sisters, like those 12 guys, Jesus, the King of kings, Jesus, the Lord of lords, Jesus, the Alpha and Omega, Jesus, the mighty God, is with you in the middle of your storms. Get it? Good. I understand the truth is that we all will go through storms and difficult times. Jesus said in this world we will have trouble, and he was not lying, was he? Yes, perhaps a fierce storm is pounding you right now. I mean, hurricane force winds are crashing against your marriage, or maybe you're taking on water in your finances or in your health or your job or somewhere else. 
And, and it's not only not a party, but you may be in some very real danger. But listen, the thing that, that, that we must never forget is that grace means that Jesus is with us in the storm. And listen, Jesus is bigger than any storm we will ever face. Understand, the waves and the wind still know his name and still bow to his command. Amen? Jesus is bigger than the circumstance you are in right now. Get it? Good. Tell the person to your right and left, Jesus is bigger. The, the bigger the Jesus, the better the Jesus. I stole that from Burger King. All right. Okay. Everybody come back now. Um, you see, Jesus being in Paul's circumstances was the secret to Paul being content no matter what he was going through. He says, I've learned the secret of being content in every circumstance. Yo, dude, what's the secret? I'm going to buy that book. Paul says, well, it's a really sure book. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I don't think there is a more misquoted scripture in all the Bible. Uh, years ago, I remember seeing T-shirts that would show some athlete, and underneath would be the caption, you know what, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I just wonder what that shirt conveyed to the, to the kid who struck out, or, or to the goalie who wasn't able to stop the ball, and the ball went into the net. And you see, in context, that verse is so much more beautiful. What Paul is saying in Philippians 4.13 is that, that, that I can endure all things, because Christ is with me, that I can have joy and contentment in all things, because Christ is with me in the midst of my storm, in the midst of my circumstances. The disciples were in a storm. It was a violent storm, and they woke Jesus up. Master, master, we're going to drown, and when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly, the storm stopped, and all was calm. Then he asked them, where's your faith? Like, I mean, Jesus had done some pretty serious stuff up until this time. Water, he turned into wine, right? He, 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 had, he, had already, he had already cast out a ton of demons, healed a bunch of sick people, healed Peter's mother-in-law, and even raised a widow's son from the dead. Disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. And you know, when I, when I was reading this, I, I, a thought hit me. Why didn't they wake him up sooner? I, I mean, wh wh why would they go through this storm knowing that Jesus is right there? Yeah, he's taking a nap, but like he could deal with it. Why would they do that? Why would you? Why would we? Why would I try to go through a storm, try to weather a storm without Jesus? Grace is Jesus being in our circumstances, working for our good and for his glory. See, see grace means that Jesus, he's not only in our circumstances, but, but he's working in our circumstances for our good. Now, in Romans chapter 5, Paul, a, a guy who, when he says, be content regardless of your circumstance, knows exactly what he's talking about, right? Right? Paul says this, talks about this very thing, about God at work in our circumstances. 
Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. In other words, Jesus is working in your circumstances for your good. Jesus' half-brother said much the same thing. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, whenever a bunch of unwanted things come into your circumference. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking in anything. Listen, I, I know that your circumstances, that for some of you, what's inside your circumference right now, it is difficult. It's painful. It is hard. It is hurtful. It is discouraging. But grace is greater than. Grace means that Jesus is in your circumstances working for your good to help you develop endurance, to help you develop strength of character, to give you a confident hope of your salvation. Yeah, baby, I am saved. I'm delivered. No condemnation for me. And I am about to fall off the stage. I'm going to heaven quicker than I thought. And I am, and I am going to heaven. It's going to be awesome. Grace is Jesus being in our circumstances, working for our good and for his glory. And those last four words are huge. It's what the entire universe is about. Understand every storm, every difficult circumstance, every painful situation you would like to remove from your circumference is an opportunity to bring glory to God. Amen? Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me and a heck of a lot has happened to me, let me tell you, has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm going through this. He's worth it. And because of my chains, because of my difficulty, because of my hard time, because of my pain, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. A little, down, a little further down that chapter, I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I like what Matt Chandler writes. He says, Paul is in prison again. Each time he's not sure if he'll be released or executed. And even when he is free from prison, he's not free from threats to his life. But notice his perspective on the entire situation. He can see his troubles and imprisonment only through the lens of Grace-fueled optimism. The gospel has become known throughout the imperial guard. Amen. You know, one way I've always liked to say it is that, you know, that, that when, whenever, many times our, our, our circumstances, right, put us in the center ring and, and provide us with an undeniable and powerful opportunity to bring glory to God, Right? I, I, I mean, we're going through a hard time. People know it. It's hard. It's difficult. They know you're in pain. They know you're struggling. They see your life. Uh, they've heard your claims about being a Jesus follower, and you're in that center ring. 
It's like the guy we meet in John chapter 9, right? The guy who was born blind. And everybody's like, hey, you know, like, why is this dude blind? You know, was his mom and dad mess up? Did his uncle Alfred mess up? I don't know. Like, like who screwed up that this guy's blind? He says, no, 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 no. That's not why. This happened. This this came into your circle, brothers and sisters, so that the works of God might be displayed in him or displayed in your lives. Amen? Amen? Grace is greater than our circumstances. Grace is Jesus being in our circumstances, working for our good and for his glory. And and I just want to read some of uh, 2 Corinthians 4. That's where Paul just really nails it. And we read it this week in our Bible reading. You know, you know, Paul knows what you're going through. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Uh, we are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Yes, we live under constant danger. We live in the face of death, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God. So I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus, we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there'll be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. This is Paul talking. Yet they produce. See, our circumstances, they can produce. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So, so, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Amen. Amen. Grace is greater than your circumstances. Grace is Jesus being in your circumstances, working for your good and for his glory. Okay, so those are the two equations in my attempt at explaining how grace is greater than our circumstances. Hey, do you remember back when we began this conversation on grace? And I said that to really get grace, you need more than an explanation. You need more than an equation. You actually need an experience. You see, grace is not simply something to study, something to dissect. Grace is something that, must, that we must live in, that we must live from, and that we must live out in the very story of our lives. And, and, and like I said, in the Gospels, what you find in the Gospels, you know, you never find the word grace, but the Gospels are saturated with grace as Jesus, God in the flesh, encounters people and brings with him truth and grace. And we see grace lived out in this, those stories of people encountering Jesus. And what I want to do right now is have someone who's been around uh, Maple Grove for several months share her story with you guys. Carrie Mays, come on down. <laughs> okay, grab your own chair. Here we go. All right, this, whoa. This is Carrie. And Carrie's here to share her, her story with us. 
And she's not nervous at all? Yes, she is. Yes, she is. She's nervous. I tell yeah. too. Every, don't worry. Everybody's looking at you. Thanks. And they're watching every word you say, and this will be recorded too. So, <laughs> so nothing to be nervous about at all. I know, I'm horrible. I'm horrible. She was, going, she was flying for the first time to Atlanta for a train, her new job. And every time I saw her, I would go, <laughs> that's just not right. It's not right at all. Uh, storm, too. But, but anyhow, she does, have a, she does have a great story. And we have a couple questions. And I'm going to sit here because I, I, I got fired. You did not get fired. You just didn't do it well for a service. So we're just going to have, me and Carrie are just going to have a conversation. So um, I don't really even know how long it was ago that Steve called me and said, come to the church because there's people here. It was October. It was in October. Um, what, what, just tell them honestly, like what was the setup to that? I mean, just like from the car breaking down from you walking and spending the night somewhere and then, you know, looking at Maple Grove and making that hard decision or yeah. the right decision. It was just really, it was really weird because um, it was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Nationwide, I used to work in Nationwide that had shut down in Lynchburg and so we had come up here and there was just really just nothing. It was at the point where there's no jobs where I'm from. I mean, it was just really, really hard. And then the last <laughs> thing to go, I had used like all my savings coming up here and the last thing to go was the car. And it was the second time it had needed to be fixed. And I, was, I just was like, I don't know why. And we were up at Walgreens and I was like, I'm just gonna walk down here. Yep. And it just was really weird how everything worked and I just prayed that day. I was like, if I just, I have nothing else. You know what? Just you just handle everything. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. He did. It was really weird. That even it was like you were just going and Brandon was going to follow because you knew that's where you needed to be. Yeah. It was really, it was weird. Yeah. And let me see the second question. Did that serve the first question, sir? And for those who don't know, Carrie has a son, Grayson, who's 72, and and Carrie's uh, been staying in a room in our parsonage. for, for a while, that's who she is. A little, a little redheaded <laughs> little kid running around. Grayson is awesome. <laughs> Grayson's awesome. Um, the next one he has is, how have your circumstances changed since you have come in that first day? It was it's so much. Everything, everything. God just, I mean, gave me, a, got a job that I never thought I'd be able to, to be doing, you know, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Actually find that, that Grayson would be in a good school and talking and growing and happy. And have so many people in his life that love him. And it's just everything's different. She is one of the most hardest working women I have ever met in my life. And I'm not kidding you. Um, Throughout our journey, she's had one, two, three jobs. I mean, she just does not stop. She will do anything to provide for her son. And um, she's, she's incredible. I mean, the stuff that she's done. And on a side note, I know you think this is all about you, but to be totally honest with you, like you've changed our lives. You guys, we really, you really have. Just being around you, you've given me like hope and faith. And Grayson is incredible. And you even got Steve to attach to him, and he missed him and took him for the weekend. So it's it's wonderful that I'm trying to teach him Nana and Papa, and that you guys are here because you're a part of our lives. I got really worried when she was looking for a job because it was in D.C. and I was looking <laughs> I wanted her to stay here because they're family. Um, they are family. And I'm, I don't know what God was doing, but I know that when you landed here, I'm really glad. And it, was, it really is. There was 
I just was at the point where I was, you know what, I will give everything to you and just handle it. And it's just, we, it's just crazy. It was amazing how it all went through because, I mean, we looked for a place, didn't have a place. We decided to be here, and it was the right move. I mean, I, can, I think Steve would agree the entire day was God-led. It was just one decision after the other with staff, and it just it felt right. It just felt right, and she had a car, and Chuck helped out and got it running again. And it was a it was a church affair. It really was. This entire journey has been a church affair. And you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. People dropping stuff off. Chocolate. She get chocolate at the door. Oh my gosh! If you want to do anything for Carrie, just give her chocolate. So, but you guys have really, really done incredible things too. Okay, the last question is, what have the last several months taught you about God's grace? So, so much. I, um, I was at a point where it's almost like you're backed into a corner and you're like, you don't, you are like, oh, that's not going to help. I mean, why even pray? And then you're in a corner and you're like, well, there's nothing else. And then that's a horrible way to look at it. You know, you should always do that first. But it's like, just like you were saying, you know, it's like, why did I wait so long to wake you up <laughs> and and do and ask for you for help? And then it's almost like that's when God really just starts showing up. It's like, yeah. look at all, you know, how far I could have helped you and how long, you know, you could have been displaced maybe six months sooner if you had just asked. Right, right. And I, I think timing is excellent. I mean, I, I think you've worked so hard to be where you're at. It was nothing. I mean. You used uh, to be ready. To no, ask. you 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 worked for where you're at. You worked hard for where you're at, and I'm so proud of you. I am to see you get in your car and go to work and grace and go to school and say no. <laughs> <laughs> he says no. Okay, so. He says no. 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 no, no. no. So, <laughs> but yeah, do you want to wrap up? And again, I want to thank. This Absolutely. Is the church thing, right. This is part of our church story, right? You know, connecting people to this life change. Hebrews 12, 15 says, see to it that no one misses. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. And those, uh, those 11 words, and those 11 words, I, I, I hear a powerful call from God, kind of personally to me, Steve, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. And again, what a tragedy it would be for someone to, to attend church, to, to be a part of a, a faith community, to be in this room, to, to stand up here and, and, and talk and teach God's truth and miss the grace of God. In Maple Grove, we must see to it that no one misses the grace of God. We must see to it that no one misses a grace that is greater than our circumstances. We must see to it that no one misses a grace that is greater than our weaknesses. That, that's how great grace is. That the very things that we want to run away from, the, the very things we most uh, carefully try to hide from other people, that's where God's grace invades and works most powerfully. His power is made perfect in our weaknesses. His grace is sufficient for us. See to it that no one misses a, a grace that is greater than our hurts. And, and brothers and sisters, that means, hear me, that it means that it doesn't matter what's been done to you. It doesn't matter what kind of pain you're experiencing because of another person's sin. 
Grace is greater than all of that. Amen? Grace is greater. I understand you do not need to live in the prison of bitterness or reside in resentment any longer. Grace is greater than. Grace is greater than. Remember, what God has done for you is greater than what any person has ever done to you. Get it? Get it? Get it? Get it? Amen. Good. Grace is only grace if it does what? If it works both ways. See to it that no one misses the grace of God, a grace that is greater than our mistakes, a grace that is greater than our sin. Understand, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter what guilt you live with. It doesn't matter what secrets you hide. Grace is greater than that. Grace is greater. I understand the blood of Jesus sets us free from our past and gives us the promise of eternal life. Grace is greater than. Grace is greater than. Grace is greater than our mistakes, our weaknesses, our hurts, and our circumstances. Amen? And we're going to do something a little bit different right now. And we're going to do two things. An opportunity, number one, to, to take the Lord's Supper. And the way we're going to do it today, you know, at the kiosk off to the side, you'll see communion. And, and uh, you know, they're going to sing a song as we're doing this and take the opportunity to go and grab communion whenever you're ready and, and take communion. There's also an opportunity, if you notice, we have a, a black paper up here that says grace is greater than, you know, and it's an opportunity for you, right? Because sometimes there's power in doing something physically, an opportunity, like I call, I'm calling a, a grace declaration, you know, to say, you know what, grace is greater than my sin, grace is greater than that addiction, grace is greater than the cancer, grace is greater than that divorce, grace is greater than, I don't know what yours is. You know, but I want you, man, to take the time if you want to and go up there and grab a piece of chalk and make a declaration to God and a declaration to your enemy that he does not own you anymore, that grace is greater than. And so I, I, I'm going to pray, and, and then whenever you're ready, you can get up and grab communion. So stand and pray with me. That way you're already up, ready to go. And, and then if you want to grab a piece of chalk and make a grace declaration, feel free to do so. Uh, Jesus, we love you. And Jesus, we do not want anyone in this room to miss your grace, to hang on to mistakes and sin that we don't need to hang on to because of the blood of Jesus. God, to, to hang on to hurt and anger and resentment from something maybe an ex-wife or a parent or a child or a friend or whatever someone did to us. God, I, I pray that we realize that grace is greater than. And, and God, I pray that we realize that no matter what circumstances we're going through, God, we don't want to miss out that grace is greater than that. And maybe some folks, like Carrie said, need to wake you up 
And so, God, I just pray that right now that we would just allow your spirit to move. And if we're feeling the weight of our mistakes, if we're feeling the pain of hurt, if we're feeling weak because of our insecurities, our inabilities, and God, if our circumstances just seem too big for us, we're taking on water, the storms are growing, God, I pray that you'll enable us to make a grace declaration. And God, as we break the bread and we take the cup, we thank you, Jesus, for your broken body and shed blood that was shed for us that unleash your grace in which we now stand. In Jesus' name, amen.